You didn't say sex. The, the audience likes it when you say sex. And I'm going to talk about me, myself, and my problems here for a little while. The Rule 34 questions were last week. That's not a puzzle, it's pushing blocks. If a wave of dragons are coming to raise my town and burn my crops, that's pretty awful to me directly. But I want to hear about your other shitty character. Of course, invest in a robotic flame of flame. This is the Debate This Podcast. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the very second Debate This Sidebar. Uh, We're going to do these sidebars every once in a while as bonus episodes to accompany our typical episode structure so that we have a chance to talk about things we all want to talk about as opposed to just yelling at each other over things that we don't really understand. Um, Being that it's October now, it's basically Halloween in my book, and as the scary spice of this group, I'm here to lead us through a rousing discussion of horror games and, as the internet would say, all things spoopy. Um, because I like Halloween a lot, and I think that I am the only one in this group who really goes out of my way to play horror games or delve into the the horror side of the video game world. So I am curious to hear from the rest of you what, if any, horror games that you have played, um, and maybe even, like, what's the scariest game you've ever played, horror game, or non-horror game do do we not get to introduce ourselves because i didn't i was really i was really looking forward to introducing myself as kyle baby spice harper so oh okay well then in that case let's all just go around and let's let's go and introduce (laughs) ourselves i'm kyle baby spice harper (laughs) jesus um can i be wait i want to be todd together thomas no, you're you're, that's spice, not the Todd, consistency. No argument here. Yeah, yeah Todd is definitely, definitely sporty spice. Sporty spice. I'm Andrew. I think I'm posh spice because I can't think of the other ones. Henderson, ba- baby spice. You don't want to be baby. That's spice? Kyle. I'm baby spice. Oh, you're baby spice. And then, there's then maybe spice. I can't think of the other ones either. Oh, ginger spice. There's a ginger. Oh, there is a ginger spice. But I can't be that. You can well, be. That. We, I could be that. We, but I'm thoroughly, scary spice. We thoroughly killed this joke. So let's. All right. Yeah. It is beaten uh, cool. and dead. Good. All right. We're all, all we're all together. Ends. Good. So, <laughs> moving on. Um, like I said, I am curious to hear what is the scariest game that you've ever played, uh, or what horror games have you played in general, and then if you have not played a horror game, what non-horror game would you consider to be the scariest game you've ever played uh we'll start with posh spice andrew i think that's what we landed on yeah i think so (laughs) um yeah well i'm i'm really looking forward to this because i think one thing that's going to come out of this discussion is what is a horror game you know because there's like the actual genre horror but um we were talking about this before we started recording but there's a lot of games that could um portray the same feelings and i and i think there's a lot of like loose connections so i guess like straight definitions of horror games resident evil obviously i love resident evil um the remake on gamecube you guys ever play that one yeah with the what the with the uh the like the scarlet scarlet heads or whatever they call them Mm -hmm. fuck that's really good um resident evil 4 is also like a masterpiece um i have watched more playthroughs than i've probably played myself um i i recall pt which was really popular for a while the like the the last like kojima konami project before he got canned 
Yeah, ripped to the project that never was. Yeah. We've we've already talked at length about FNAF, so I never, ever, ever, ever want to no, talk about that again. Never. And uh I've watched a few playthroughs of Silent Hill. I it's like one of those games that I've always wanted to get into and just never did. Um and then I don't know that this is horror or not, but Bloodborne. I love Bloodborne. And it's not necessarily a scary game, but it like it takes place in that Lovecraftian kind of like extra extra nor extraterrestrial horror universe so i'm gonna count it all right yeah that's i think those are all valid answers and i think it's worth counting bloodborne we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that specifically in the next question but moving on down the or, or, yeah todd you look like yeah no i i want to i want to also play all right so, go ahead todd um so i won't be quite as elaborate in what i in what i go with but um, I think to me, some of the scariest games have been some of the ones that have been out late, I guess, lately, because they're just more real. Um, case in point, I know we've talked about it in a prior cast, but the Outlast series is fucking horrifying. Um, you will poop your pants. Like, and it's the kind of poop that comes because you see the scary thing and you know it's there. Oh, yeah. And it's also the kind of poop that comes because you don't see the scary thing and it's going to show up out of nowhere. Is that um, the big bruiser guy that you talked about? Matt? Yes. Yeah. yeah who okay. like cut his own yeah, nose off yeah. that guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, and under that same kind of umbrella, the slender game is also horrifying. Um, yeah. I played it exactly once because I have a friend who's super into scary games. I played it once and I said, I never want to play it again. I don't really even want to watch you play it. Um, and then if we want to go for some deep cuts, uh, there was a, a demo disc I got from PC Gamer back in the 90s. Um, had a demo for Alone in the Dark on the Ooh, PC. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and like, do yourself a favor and just like watch the YouTube video of the first two minutes. Um, because you're like this woman who ends up in this old mansion that you inherited or something because your uncle died, whatever. And if you don't figure out in the first like minute that you were supposed to find a shotgun from a like desk or a chest or something, this monster like with all 32 pixels to himself bursts through a window and like just chases you down. And it's horrifying if you don't know what you're doing. So I always would turn off the game right before the monster got me because then that means the monster didn't get me. Yeah, I had it, even like the the late '90s to mid 2000s PC games are in their own level of terrifying. Like yeah. they're just there's scary shit out there in 32 pixels. Mm-hmm. All right, Kyle, that moves us to you. What is what is your scary game experience? So my my experience with horror games is uh, limited. I haven't played too many. Um, I I played an Odd World demo on my original playstation when i was about seven or eight um i've played uh, majora's mask and fallout um which i would both consider to be horror games even if the series isn't a horror game um but i think the closest i've gotten to a legitimate horror game that hasn't been talked about yet is um mist one of the original like well-known pc games and it's I it's not anything explicitly horror horrifying or scary or gory. There's no jump scares or anything like that. But the whole vibe of that mansion and that island is just off. It's yeah, eerie. Good. The whole thing is eerie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
It's eerie in a way that people still talk about that game decades later. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love, um, I love unintentional horror, and I think that's something mm-hmm. that is pretty unique to games. Like being unsettling without actually trying to be, and like all those old games are like that. And I think it's, I think it's something the medium is really good at. Um, just because, like, with movies, and you've got that, like, that pretty standard structure that's laid out, um, and games can, like, just do a, do a side chapter that's horror for, for a minute, and then throw yeah. you back into the real game, or just, you don't know how long, you know, a movie is generally two hours long, so when you're getting to that hour and a half mark, you know things are going to start wrapping up. You don't always know how long a game is when you dive into a game, so you don't know if this is the big bad or a little bad or the like just something that's off-putting and unsettling. Um so I think that's why like why even though I haven't played a lot of horror games, they they do stand out and they are lots of fun and I think why they're so popular. So to continue down the same road that I think we've sort of stumbled on organically, how, or I'm sorry, what other games would you consider to be horror games? I know we've talked about a lot of them already, Bloodborne and and Fallout, but are there other games on your list? Or I know we were talking about this before we started recording. The big one for me that really affected me was Banjo-Kazooie with Clanker's Cavern. Like, <laughs> I don't so know funny. why it scared me so bad, but <laughs> god damn it. Was it was it just like was it the the whale? Like was it Clanker the character or was I, it just the like the setting? I think a lot of it had to do with the setting. I've always been afraid of drowning. Um yeah. so just like I the concept of having to swim into a giant iron thing and the possibility of getting stuck inside and not being able to get out. Like I don't know if you guys remember old Fear Factor, like before Fear Factor got kind of you know, like toned down as an, I don't know if these people are going to die, but the, the first round of fear factor, <laughs> when the, you weren't sure there used to be this challenge where you had to, there was like a big, big, like tunnel tube and you had to swim in a circle as many laps as you could, but there were only so many like air bubbles that you could pop your head up into and take a breath. And it, it oh, just made me so anxious and it freaked me out. Well, and if we're talking, if we're talking about it, Air bubbles and, and anxiety, we have to mention any sonic water level ever, but oh we gosh. also just shit on those a lot, so I don't think there's... We don't need to skip the rock across that pond too many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but that anxiety of Clanker's Cavern, like, that paired with the setting and just kind of that, like, murky yellow water um, and and Clanker just... I, it upset me as a kid. Also, I just... Banjo-Kazooie was hard as shit, and it kicked my ass as a little kid, and I really hated that. Um, I, there weren't a lot of games that I owned that I was really bad at, but I, I struggled with Banjo-Kazooie. So. Yeah, that's that's probably not your cup of tea. Yeah, um, and like it had that platforming aspect. Like I'm down for a 3D yeah. platformer. Super Mario 64 is the the god tier game in my world, but like God, <laughs> Clanker's Cavern. Well, it's if it's we're so gonna... funny you say that because yeah. Clanker's Cavern is like my favorite level. Like I think that's it's. It's very, I think it's very calming, actually. Like the music and the environment, like it's it it hits a lot of right notes for me. But 
So Andrew also you, sleeps in a coffin, though. So that is true. <laughs> that. that is true. I'm mostly dead inside. You just referenced Super Mario 64, and I want to make a quick plug on things that were horrifying. So obviously there were like haunted levels in Super Mario 64. But does anyone remember the piano, the piano. with the teeth? Yeah. 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 Oh um, my god. No. It would the like, actual scariest thing in Super Mario 64 is that eel. In yeah. The, yeah. Whatever water level that is, there's that eel that just. <laughs> shoots out and the first time it just it always gets you and the one the one with its hitbox is really bad so you think yeah. you're not gonna you're gonna dodge it but you never do yeah no well like i i gotta admit like i i you know did some searching to be like well what are some older games that like are unintentionally scary and like this one is not an original idea but um did any of you guys play the the Rugrats game on the PlayStation? Oh my god! Oh my yes. god! I did. Holy so I forgot shit. that was a thing. Two, two things. One, that was a pretty good game. I'm just gonna put that out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but two things about that that were that were pretty crazy. So one, um, there was a a goose that like came after you in a um it would like round the corner in this maze thing and it would just like mess with you you did not see it coming and that was incredible um because it was like it's all polygonal and bad yeah and two there was definitely an episode where like the power was out and you had to walk around your house with a flashlight i vaguely remember this yeah Mm -hmm. i i -hmm. too vaguely remember this and it was scary um you were i think you might actually use your flashlight to shoot ghosts but it was like definitely scarier than it needed to be some someone out there is putting together a a game theory video drawing the links between that rugrats flashlight level and modern survival survival horror games oh i thought you were gonna say luigi's mansion yeah there well that well now that you say it (laughs) that's in there that's the missing link there it is (laughs) well so what's interesting is like there was a horror game, or hard quotes, for I think the, the NES or the Super Nintendo um, called Haunted House that earned itself a Wii remake in like 2010 that was awful. Um, but <laughs> it was, a, it was a, a polygonal survival, survival horror game where you were a, a blip in the blackness and you had a flashlight and you had to collect the items without getting scared by the white blips because they were ghosts. <laughs> But um, yeah, there's there's a Wii remake of it. It's really bad. You shouldn't play it. Um, But that that idea of survival has been around for so long. And just like underwater levels in Sonic, the anxiety that comes with Mm -hmm. trying to survive sparks a lot of fear. So to go on that train, um, what makes these games scary? Like all of these non horror games that we've talked about, things that are unintentionally scary or unintentionally Mm -hmm. horror. What makes them that way for you? Yeah, um, I can take that. So I think what what the nice thing about games is they have they give the ability to uh, inject fear with with the medium with like actual function. So like you said, like sur- the reason survival horror is a thing is because you restrict you literally restrict a player's move set. Uh, like with art, like Resident Evil, you have like the shitty tank controls and you can only aim up or or directly ahead. You know that that manufactures anxiety because your, your verb set, your move set is limited. Um, one of my favorite instances of doing this is uh, we don't go to Ravenholm in Half-Life 2. Okay. <laughs> um, and those of you who are familiar, I think that's probably the most iconic epi- uh, level in Half-Life 2. And it's, and it's so great because it's so not like the rest of the game. Um, but the first 
the first like fifth of Half-Life 2, it's just a straight up shooter. Like you get your you get your pistol, you get an automatic rifle, and you go like three normal ass levels and just like shooting shooting robot cops and whatever. And then all of a sudden you're given the gravity gun, which is like the main, you know, tool in in Half-Life 2. But then you go to this this section called We Don't Go to Ravenholm and everything is taken from you but the gravity gun. So you lose your pistol, you lose all your guns. So all you have is the gravity gun and the gravity gun, uh, again, it basically just like, it was, a, it was a, a physics sandbox, but you can like grab things from, like grab things in the environment, like grab tools from the tool shed or um, grab like a buzzsaw and, you know, and like pull it with your gravity gun and then shoot it. So they mix that, that kind of concept with this, this scary, spoopy zombie level with, all of the the head crabs are just like constantly attacking you. So you're getting like waves of head crabs, and and it's just you and your gravity gun and whatever you can find in the environment. It's it's so cool, and it's the only instance of that in that entire game. I would so to comment on that. I I think I kind of agree. Like when a game puts you in a a feeling of helplessness, um, that you have to just like make your way out of. Um, and like the case in point that I would have are the. Uh, the from um ocarina of time the like night the dungeon crawlers that would like you knew they were above you you knew they were on the wall whatever but you like the the wall masters yeah 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 but you couldn't do anything about them like you just had to like they dropped yeah yeah. you had to wait for them to drop and so if you stayed still too long they would get you obviously but like you just couldn't do anything you just kind of had to like deal with it until yeah. That very specific thing happened. And I think like knowing that they were up there and knowing you couldn't do a darn thing about it, mm-hmm. like that was horrifying. Well, and the other thing too is it's an actual punishment. Like it's not just getting hurt. Yeah. It's losing progress, which which is another reason why like a lot of these survival horror games are so good at what they do is because you actual you can lose like in Resident Evil, you can lose hours of progress. It's like if I haven't saved and I get and I get sidelined by a zombie dog, you know, like that's it. Like that's two hours of my life gone. Like that's I'm not getting that back. Yeah, I'll yeah. jump off of that because that was my the point I was gonna make was like what makes horror and video games work so well is there are consequences. Um, you know, the the least of which being like you gotta you have to start over if you lose. Some of them like some of them have mechanics that affect your gameplay for the rest of the game. And things like that, like, um, and that's the, I think what makes horror games stand out from, uh, movies and, and books and stuff like that is like, you know, you, a jump scare scares you in a movie, teehee, you got scared, like, mm-hmm. jokes on you, um, if you miss, uh, a quick time reaction in a horror game, like Andrew said, A, you got scared and you feel like an idiot and you potentially just lost hours of gameplay. Also, fuck you, Resident Evil 4. God damn that <laughs> that that fish, that that goddamn fish in the pond. Every time, as soon as I put my controller down to take a drink it of water gets... or something, that's the quick time event. <laughs> I never yeah. played any of the Resident Evils that had quick time events, and I barely whatever one um was like the big hit to first hit the GameCube was the that's, one that I played. That's four, yeah. yeah. Was four. it four? I didn't yeah. think that one had QuickTime events. That, that started QuickTime events. Like, oh, we have QuickTime cool. events because of Resident Evil 4. Whatever it was, I only played it a little bit because one of my friends had it, and 
I would just play from his save where he had all the guns, and so I'd go kill a bunch of <laughs> yeah. zombies. Because you know the game where you're supposed to ration your ammo. I would just go and kill all Todd the zombies. And Todd then, doesn't like playing it that way. Yeah. yeah, no, I'd go kill as many zombies as possible, and then just like reload the save. Like, all right, yeah, you can keep playing the the main story. <laughs> so, Todd, did you make all your did you make all your friends that came over play with the Mad Cats controller? <laughs> And you were allowed. You were allowed to put in cheats, okay. but they weren't. So don't shame me into being like somehow the only teenager that did that, because yeah. I don't need you to gaslight everyone else here. Like this, we all gave everyone collectively. This, this podcast anything. is for Mad Cat's controller. <laughs> yeah. If anything, no. Fair. If anything, if I made them use the Mad Cat's controller, it was the one that had the turbo button on it. So, like, if we were playing Mario Kart, you could launch your wind-up shy guy off into orbit. You know, I only had one Mad Cat's controller, and it was a DDR pad. It wasn't even a real controller. (laughs) I pride myself in in stock controllers. I don't like all that third-party bullshit. I so am, Matt didn't I'm have try, any I'm sitting friends. here trying to reve- trying to figure out how to reveal that I had only licensed Nintendo controllers without sounding like a rich douchebag. And I don't think there's a way to. So sorry, everyone. So in all of this, if if we have all of these things that games make us uncomfortable, they they force us to survive. They give us these like hours of our lives lost due to consequence. What makes it fun? You know, where is where is the joy in that? For you, I know where the joy in is. It the joy in it is for me. I'm curious about your opinion. I mean, it's the same reason we like horror. Yeah. In all yeah. things, mm-hmm. is like the the danger that immediately goes away. Mm-hmm. It's like like it's like oh what's oh it's fine. Like it's just you get to you get that adrenaline hit. You get scared, and and then you realize oh it was all it was. I'm an idiot. Like that's that's the fun of mm-hmm. horror. That and then I really enjoy tropes, so I love horror because it's just yeah. trope after trope after trope after trope. Yeah. I enjoy so you will never find me playing a scary game by myself. Period. Um, Same. Just word. like I would never watch a scary movie by myself. Um, but I think I enjoy the social atmosphere. So we've talked, you know, back and forth about Until Dawn. I I've played it through. I would say collectively, I think three times now. And every time has been with a huge group of people that like we are all collectively enjoying like the horror that is about to happen, whether it's jump scares or what. Um, So, yeah, like for me, I enjoy that like social collective sharing of like, this is horrifying. Ha ha. It's not real though, guys. Right. Like that's, that's the thing that I get out of it. I think too, like I really, get into like the design aspect of it too because you can you can really be fantastical and you can really just like break the mold in in some of this stuff so i i mentioned bloodborne earlier but like i i just i i I can't i will not stop talking about bloodborne um but like i love i I love (laughs) i love bloodborne's aesthetic because um it it evokes all of that just like fucking crazy like cthulhu mythology and uh, like one of the recurring themes is the idea of eyes equaling truth, because um, that's like a that's a common thing in in Cthulhu is like um, the the uh, what is it the 
what do you call it? The, the unknowing truth or whatever, the, the, the mm. ultimate truth. Um, and it's like, we can't, you know, truth equals madness. Um, but a lot of the characters in Bloodborne, they attribute knowing that truth, knowing the Eldritch truth to like having more eyes. Um, so there's literally like, there's a character and then there's different ways that people go about getting more eyes, but there's literally like a character. She's like a little, like a witch and she's one of the bosses you fight and she's wearing a coat of eyeballs. Like she has, like she carries around, she carries around a little dagger and she's like maybe four foot tall. And her whole thing is like, she's just like, she has, she tries to stab you. And she has like a little, like if she gets you, she'll jump on your back and try to like claw on your face. But like, clearly she's trying to like cup out your eyes to add to her collection of eyeballs. Oh God. It's so awesome. Oh, certainly she does. (laughs) I have found the images. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. So yeah. a- Andrew's answer reminded me also um, what I like about horror and what I it's similar to what I like about um, sci-fi is that you can say a lot more, you can have a lot more commentary because it's immediately like fantastical. Um, mm-hmm. So for both those genres, but but we're talking about horror is like, you can say a lot more in the subtext of your story because then you could just like pontificating your message because, um, you know, they're paying attention to the story and not your crazy moral lesson right. or right, whatever. Right, right. If, if you, just a quick aside, if you Google image search eyeball robe woman, um, <laughs> There's a lot of very odd bathrobes that are fashioned with uh, eyeballs. Todd's on a few lists now. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, mostly so, just from this podcast. So what happens when you give crazy eyeball robe woman a peach super crown? Oh, God. <laughs> become oh. Crazy, crazy peach or crazy eyeball at Se- sexy, sexy eyeball monster. No, okay, so we're doing this now. So <laughs> so what's what's been the weirdest one that you've seen so far? Uh the Ridleyette was pretty weird. Ridleyette was Ridley pretty one weird. Was weird. Um yeah. there was a Chompette that I saw that was very strange. Ooh. Um I've seen a lot of them. My god. Yeah, I so, haven't, I haven't delved. My that favorite deep. my favorite like thematically has been Buet. Yeah. Buet I yeah. really enjoyed because it was basically Peach with like fangs. I've I've got a question for you though. Hit me. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with three real quick. Is is this like a Wa- Walu Waluigi yet? Saw that one. Nope. I see I I'm looking at Waluigi yet now. Yeah. Dry dry bones at Ooh didn't see that. Hammer bros at fuck Mary Kill. Let's go. Right now. <laughs> uh hold on I gotta get images of all of these. So it was yeah, same. Um, I've I've admittedly made up the last two. I assumed Waluigi oh. was already real. Waluigi so. is already real. Um, oh yeah, I've got. I found something on Reddit. It was like kinks as shown through Super Crown memes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so there's like piranha plant at booze oh, at dry, I see your dry bones at Yoshi at Lakitu at like uh, the the is- cloud the cloud rider. I, yeah, I like that. I want to get just out of here. No now. saving us. I do too. So I found yeah, a dry yeah. bones. The dry bones one. If you do dry bones super crown on Google Images, the it's the first thing that comes up, and it was Hammer Bro. Hammer Bros super crown. Uh, doesn't I don't know. Look like that can't be real. That's not a yeah, thing. Yeah, it yet. doesn't look like there's any of that one yet. 
I I just want to let all our listeners know we we imposed a challenge on ourselves to who whoever can bring this topic up. Oh, most dry bone super crown is so cool. Yeah, and <laughs> and we all lost. All of you uh, well, lost. You also all of lost. us lost. <laughs> I lost. It's like aliens versus predators. Whoever wins, we lose. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So if you're if you're curious, um, I believe the answer is you you marry dry bones at you have consensual relations with hammer bros at and you have to kill waluigi at you have to kill the waluigi at see i was gonna Can you kill I'm, waluigi at i was gonna switch <laughs> waluigi at and, and the hammer bros i don't know i don't know that i want to commit myself to consensual relations with something i've never seen it makes me waluigi nervous. waluigi at's pencil thin mustache is just too much it's it is something that is for sure. Um, all right, well enough of that, and back to uh, back to the podcast. So <laughs> too much of that. <laughs> in fact, yeah. Um, let's go a completely different direction. Let's not talk about games here for a minute. What are some other scary things that you enjoy or, or that you find fun? Um, you know, are, are any of you guys fans of haunted houses or, or corn mazes or movies or music or comic books or other things? Talk to me. I enjoy a good haunted house. Um, if you, I remember, so I went, I did a, a corn, uh, field maze years and years and years ago. Get it. Cornfield maze. There's a pun there. And, uh, stop it. Go away. I need you to acknowledge it before I move on. <laughs> um, and that was, that was pretty neat too. But yeah, I've, I didn't like haunted houses when I was younger, but um, it's one of those things I think it's neat to get people together and go and do that. Because, again, same thing. Like, let's all share in being scared together. Because, like, no one goes to a haunted house by themselves unless they're just yeah. real weird. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so Don't trust I love... that person. <laughs> so I love... Um, I love horror homages. Um, like, I'm not the biggest... I won't go out and watch every single horror movie that comes out. But I know the classics, and I love when a TV show or a comic or something um, pokes fun or throws back or puts some Easter eggs in um, to some of those classic horror movies. Um, Stranger Things was just yep. the best for me because it was like 20 hours of find all the Easter eggs. Yeah. And, That's a good um, example, yeah. Um, and I love, yeah, I love when you know the, all the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror episodes. Um, you know when a when an established um, IP breaks its um, its uh, what its format to do a horror episode or yes. something. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know that when when the when there's a there's a Superman arc in the comics. Um, it's told from. Lex Luthor's point of view that is um that paints Superman as this horrifying creature from outer space and why we should all be afraid of him um it's shot entirely like or not shot but it's framed entirely like a um like a predator movie is huh. but um it's about Superman it's about why like this super strong indestructible god that shoots beams from his eyes is something we should be worried about <laughs> and um and i like things like that too that kind of turn turn things on their head like that yeah 
Um, I love, so The Shining is both one of my favorite movies and one of my favorite books. I'm one of those weirdos. Um, but I love them both for different, for very different reasons, obviously. Um, after I played Bloodborne the first time, I got super into like Call of Cthulhu and like the Eldritch Horror stuff. Um, so I'm like, I'm always down for that. Like anything that's, anything that's like otherworldly, like, um, that like eldritch knowledge is um I'm I'm so so fucking down. That's another um so for those of you who don't know me that listen at home, I play I like to play Magic the Gathering. Um and Magic has done two horror sets now, and they were two of the best uh blocks of magic that have ever come out. Um the first one was like traditional horror with werewolves and vampires and um, like Frankenstein zombies and and Walking Dead zombies, and then the second one that came out, they um, took all that and kind of scooted aside and was like, "That's still here, but also we have Eldritch Horror um, influencing all of that." And I, it was incredible. The it's called the the set is called Innistrad. You play magic and don't know about Innistrad. What are you doing? Uh, this one this episode I ever got. This episode is sponsored by Innistrad. Yeah. Innistrad, and, the deck you use if you like scary things. And that is that is our low water mark for I, nerdiest we will get. I <laughs> still have my all Innistrad blue black zombie deck, and it's yes. my favorite deck I've ever made. So to take all of these other things that we enjoy, are there elements that these non-game horror things contain? that you feel like could be added into video games or could be added into horror games to, I don't know, make them more appealing to you maybe as three guys who don't play a lot of horror games or go out of your way to play a lot of horror games or maybe just could be added into regular games to give them that that extra spice in their life that would change things up a little bit. Are there elements that you could pull from non-game things and put them into games? Um... I'm sure I'll get blasted with all the answers to this question, but I would love a um, co-op horror survival game that everyone plays on the same console in the same room, mm, a la yeah. any console before um, you know the PS3 and Xbox 360 came out. Um, like a better I Left 4 Dead? Yes. Yeah. I think that, that would get me to play that particular horror game so hard because um those are the kinds of games i like to play anyway is like the co-op four-player co-op all-in-one-room games and i think a horror survival fitting that uh filling that niche would be incredible there was um i feel like andrew and we lived together after college there was a like a, a pixelated shooter for four people that I had on my Xbox for a while. And I can't remember. I'm sure it was some weird ass indie game. Um, yeah. But it was like a like a Zombies Ate My Neighbors kind of remake where. Oh, man. Yeah, there's a deep cut. And so Fuck, that game is it so was, hard. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's but you could hard. have but you would have four people and like you were fighting undead waves of things that, that kind of rolled in. Um but yeah, like I, I completely agree with you, Kyle. Like that's a neat concept that I don't think has been done, at least not very well or to my knowledge. I'm sure there are examples out there, but I'm I'm talking like 
double A or triple yeah. A level game yeah. would be incredible. I would I would go back to um kind of one of the things that, that we've said already. Um the when Andrew referenced, you know, in Half Life where you suddenly like lose all your gear except for the gravity gun, like I think any game that like makes you feel helpless after you have nearly everything mm-hmm. um yeah. is is just good. Um yeah, that I is think that's a, a, an important distinction too to make. It's giving you power and then taking it away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is not something that I feel like survival horror does very well because it just it just limits your verb set the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. When you when you suddenly your character gets humbled and it changes the way that you have to play like very drastically. Yes. And then then when you get it back, whatever that it was, yeah. you're like, oh, you shit, like again. there's actually More... a legitimate relief. Yeah. This was one I should have talked about in um, games that aren't horror games, but have horror elements. I think every Metroid game does that. Yeah. And I would consider mm. the Metroid <laughs> yeah. games uh like horror scrollers, horror platformers, sci-fi horror scrollers. Um but they all start you out you've got all the power-ups from the last game mm-hmm. and then you you get to the new planet, the new big bad slaps you and they're like to save your life we had to take yeah. all your power-ups. Sorry. Like Yeah. Um no, that's 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 a really good point, and I and I I just thought of Metroid Fusion when you're running mm-hmm. from you, like the, yeah. the Samus, like you're literally it's the copy of Samus from Super Metroid, and you're and it's just like it's a monster, it's yeah. horrifying, and it's just like that music's playing, and it's like you have you have you have no way to no way to fight back, you just have to run. Yeah, Met Metroid Fusion, probably the best game in the series and you can all at me and fight me on that <laughs> it's that at least second to super incredible Metroid. yeah yeah well and you know even breath of the wild did a great job of that like everybody's first mm-hmm. time on eventide sucks the first time they're like oh yeah and you have good, a stick and a leaf you're like oh god it's been a long time <laughs> since i've only had a stick and a leaf um but there you know the only horror game that i can think of right off um well, I guess the two that do a good job of that are Outlast because there's, you know, you've got this whole, the first like 80%, eh, 70% of Outlast, you've got your camera and you've got night vision, you've got, you know, something to hide behind in a sense. And then three fourths of the way through the game, they take your camera away for like, uh. you know, an episode of it. <laughs> and suddenly you're like, well, now I can't see in the dark and I'm looking at scary things instead of looking at scary things on a camera. Um, and then until Dawn does that too, when you're switching back and forth between characters, um, mm-hmm. and Todd, you know, like every once in a while you'll have a character with a gun and then you're back to a character who doesn't have a gun. Um, and it, and it can I ask a really dumb question? Sure. Are, Cause I know, I know nothing about those games. Are they like, are those like shooters? Or are they more like adventure games? Uh, Outlast is entirely like an, an, a defensive a run and hide. Yeah. A defensive okay. adventure horror game, survival game. Yeah. Um, until dawn. until dawn yeah i would classify that as more of like a a survivor thriller yeah it's um it's selectively combative like you okay. have opportunities so like kind of like a last of us almost uh yeah yeah like you have you have like like quick time events where you have to make decisions um gotcha. and i mean you probably the craziest thing that it does which is probably again the most nervous thing that it does is um, when you play it at certain point in times, like your character has to stay really still so it doesn't get spotted. Yeah. And okay. you like if you're playing from a PS4, because you will be, and 
it um it like says like hold your controller as still as possible like don't move your controller and like you're just sitting there like holding your breath yeah as like whatever is trying to find you that you don't want to be found by Mm -hmm. is like hovering over your character and you're just like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck yeah i guess i uh i mentioned it but i didn't really dive in but i guess we should now that it's out there the last of us that's a probably good example too um of using like of using sound like trying to you know inject the player in there a little bit but like okay don't move like your character will create sound and you just have to watch as like something like walks by you i don't think the last of us does it that well but i know what they're at least that's what they're going for yeah so Mm -hmm. let's let's move forward from this um because if you want to talk about burying the lead i'm going to ask maybe the most hotly contested question in the horror game circle right now. And I'm going to ask it in the last 10 minutes of this show. So, um, jump scares are, I think by far the most contested part of horror, you know, whether or not being surprised is the same as being scared. And do jump scares have a place in video games? Do games like five nights at Freddy's that are just jump scares belong in the same pantheon as survival horror games um and and the telltale series and things like that and so i'm i'm interested on your opinion how do you feel about jump scares um do you have jump scare memories because god knows i do and (laughs) do you think that there is a difference between being scared and being surprised and how does that apply to what you want in horror games i've i've got the hottest take um lay the spice so, on me give me something give me no. something just as hot as bowsette was the first time we saw her <laughs> waluigi etz pencil thin mustache um yeah so i think that jump scares do have a place in video games because i think that they are valid um if you have not played a video game and had a jump scare legitimately scare you then you're lying and if you did play a video game and have a jump scare scare you then you know mission accomplished like that was the plan and it worked you know i don't think that you can like no one has played or watched five like i've I've never played five night at freddy's but i've watched probably five hours of playthrough stuff and i've jumped and i'm not even playing the game like i see what's yeah. gonna happen i'm i don't have no control <laughs> you know like that's the thing do i think they're exclusively the only kind of scares no do i think you could if you have exclusively jump scares, I think that gets a little hokey, but I think that it's incredibly valid. Um, I I do think in the balance of being scared or being surprised, it's more of the latter, less of the former. Like I think something jumped out and surprised you, but that's also scary. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I think that jump scares are valid. I don't think that they make a good game on their own. Well, I think in FNAF is a Five Nights at Freddy's is a good example because I I have the same experience where I've never played it. I've watched a couple of playthroughs, but I also never have a desire to play it. Like Mm-mm. I feel like I have no. experienced everything that I'm going to experience. Like I've seen it, okay, I get it. It's novel. But I would never actually go play it whereas like I would if I had Silent 2 Silent Hill 2 here for my place, I would I would boot that up like right now just to play it because like that's an experience that I can have. I can, I can engross in the story. You know, I can, I can feel, I, I can feel at unease and like feel what the character's feeling. And, and, you know, five nights of Freddy's that the jump stairs, while that's valid, it just, it just feels cheap in comparison. 
Um, I think jump scares are, like anything else, a tool in, you know, the storyteller's arsenal. Um, and like these, the other two have said, if you only use jump scares, they're going to lose their effectiveness real quickly, and you're just going to be looking for them all the time. Um, however, the movie, the horror movie that's only got one jump scare in it is going to make you crap your pants. Like, um, yeah. And even better than that, the ones I, I love the fake out jump scares. Yeah. Um, the, the one that the, my jump scare story that sticks with me was from the not great movie. Um, is it Disturbia? Oh, Shia LaBeouf. The, and... the Shia LaBeouf yeah. movie. Okay. Um, there is a good jump scare where they they build and build and build and the music swells and everything. And the jumps, it's a jump scare and it's a cat. Yep. And you're like, oh, <laughs> ha ha. They, it's a cat. It got me. And then he like shuts a door and the, the scary ass neighbor is behind the door mm-hmm. and it catches you completely off guard because the, the fake jump scare set up the real jump scare and it was very well executed um that said i i can't think of them because they're so forgettable when they happen any movie that's just like jump scare jump scare gore jump scare well i think a a prime example loses its effect so look at i mean um uh the paranormal activity yeah yes um, exactly. movie. so i mean yeah. those were those i mean they balanced out like jump scares and like just creepy eerie shit but it was like this anticipation that you knew something big and jumpy was going to happen and so you almost were like exhausted after a certain point because you're just like fuck like how many more of these can you do to me like yeah. i'm not uh, like they were they were bad by and the now they're third just... movie they were 90 percent jumps jump scares but i think too, and then it... and 10% bad lore too. It cheapens, like, because as a result, I think it cheapens the genre and we, we haven't seen it as much with horror. Or maybe it's not as well defined, but like, look at get out. Like, did any of you guys see get out? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. It's such a good yeah. movie, but like get out should, ha- you know, it, it was nominated for like comedy, right? Like yeah. it was a horror right. movie, but there is no horror category in the, at the Oscars because mm. horror is thought of as a, is less than, genre because of just the slog of like you know friday the 13th style like slasher movies and there's nothing wrong with those movies they're fine in their own right but and and i think this is what's happening to games is like until dawn sounds like awesome and and outlast sounds awesome i've never played or barely heard of those games because i didn't seek them out like i don't know enough about the genre to seek it out um and but i sure as hell know about five nights at freddy's you know what i mean like it just yeah it, it tends to cheapen it i think it's kind of a loaded question um, because if you took out all jump scares, you'd obviously be like taking out a decent chunk of like what makes horror horror. Like you could still tell horror stories without jump scares, but like even when you're telling ghost stories around the campfire, the 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 one the people who tell those really well work in a jump scare with the five people they're sitting at the same campfire with. Mm-hmm. And um, that said, everything Andrew and Todd and I have said about them being overused and stuff is valid. Um, but to take them out completely, 
I think is a poor argument to make. All right. I think that that pretty much encompasses not only our thoughts, but sort of the thoughts of the world right now as well. You know, it's just, it's to a point where some of these things are getting washed out and overused and it, it cheapens the effect, but at the same time you take it all away and it's just not the same thing anymore. And, and I think that that's a great way to sort of wrap up this discussion as everything we've talked about has included at least one of these pieces tastefully somehow. You know, there's some little piece of a... Go ahead, Kyle. Tastefully. Tastefully. <laughs> Did we do something tastefully on this podcast? I mean, sorry, you said, you said tastefully and all I can think about is, uh, is Waluigi at still. <laughs> that sexy, sexy Waluigi. There's, there's reference number three to the Super Crown, if anybody wasn't sure. Oh, man. Dry yeah. bones, that is my lady. Um, <laughs> all right, here's the, here's the super secret bonus question of the week to kick off our October-a-thon of Halloween-related content. My super secret bonus question is, what are you going to be for Halloween this year? Um, disappointed, uh, because <laughs> I hate putting effort into Halloween costumes. Yeah. The last time I put any effort into one was like 2014. Uh, and it was because I went all out and made like a winter soldier costume and like had the vest, had the mask made a paper mache arm and like just to get drunk with a bunch of friends for a couple hours. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I was like, I was like, why, why did I do all this? And so last year I bought a $20 Walmart hot dog outfit. So if you were a betting man, I would say uh Walmart hot dog outfit. Hot dog. Good. Um, similar to Todd, I'll probably decide in the day or two before Halloween. Yep. Um, the last time I put in a, a serious amount of effort into my Halloween costume was probably 2009 or 10. I made like actual metal Wolverine claws to be Wolverine. And then nice. again, hung out in a house. Drunk like, with friends. Yep. Yeah. Um, la- this past Halloween, my costume, I made my costume out of a coat hanger and uh, some green folded paper and i was a sim um and i'll probably do something (laughs) as creative and low effort as that if you're if you're gonna be a sim can you at least make it a red one and just like cry a lot (laughs) (laughs) unhappy sim um i did my one like go big was marty mcfly I had like a, I, I borrowed a vest, a puffy vest from from my then girlfriend, now wife, <laughs> um, and uh, and and bought a DeLorean, which I, was, yeah, I did yeah. buy a DeLorean. It was it was a pricey move, but you know it was worth it. It um, paid off. Uh, probably will end up just wearing jeans and a backpack and calling myself a Pokemon trainer. Solid, solid. Mm-hmm. Well, as the Matt, push come, the one who push comes. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go oh. ahead. Uh, I was going to say, push comes to, to shove, I might throw on a hoodie and sunglasses and be a Marvel character in hiding. There you go. <laughs> Captain, American, okay. Captain America in that one scene? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've, I'm, you know, I, for those who don't know me off the podcast, uh, work professionally as a haunted house actor. And so my life has been nothing but costumes every October for 10 years. Um, but I, uh, I was thinking about maybe doing a Wiimote. Um, and and just wearing all white and taping some buttons to myself and being a Wiimote. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, so I think that with that, that's going to do it for this debate, this sidebar. 
Uh, you can follow along with our discussions on Twitter and excuse me, on Twitter and Facebook at Debate This Cast and at debatethiscast.com to let us know what you think, which is important, especially going into this month where we are going to be filling it with all sorts of crazy fun Halloween content weekly, correct? Did I get that right? Are we yeah. doing this every week? Yeah, do you want let, to let's do We're going to have a new we're going to have a new episode every week every of week. October and um we will be filling our Twitter, Instagram and Facebook pages with all the Halloween themed comic and video game related content and memes we can find until you all tell your friends about us or you unfollow us because it's too obnoxious. We will we will extend first. we will extend Halloween all the way to Thanksgiving, you sons of bitches. We will do it. You you thought Christmas came early, get ready for Halloween to come late, because we are in this one for the long haul. <laughs> um, we're also we're also gonna uh, try our hand at streaming. Um, we're probably the first podcast to ever do this. I think. I think. Right. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I, I, I didn't search yet, but I'm pretty confident. So no one else looked. Yeah. There's there's not a lot of gaming content out there. Um, it's this site. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Twitch. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> underground, super indie. Not a lot of people use it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, we're actually we're really excited. So we're gonna play until dawn, um, which is we've all we've obviously talked about a lot and. This was as a result of us accidentally spilling the beans a couple episodes ago. <laughs> but uh, I have never played it, but the rest of these cats have. So I'm going to play it, and we're going to stream that. Um, we're we're thinking right now it's going to be the 27th, um, but we'll probably load that, turn it into a video on demand as well. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're super pumped. And I would like to clarify, we are not playing Until Dawn. Andrew is playing Until Dawn. Yes. <laughs> Kyle and Todd we are, and I will laugh at him. And we are heckling him. Yeah. And it's going to be great, and I'm super looking forward to it. But until then, if you disagree with our arguments and decisions, then we are challenging you to come fight us behind the swing sets, nerds.